welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. My name is Brandon Adams, lifestyle entrepreneur and inventor, passionate about helping others with creating something great and becoming unforgettable. Each week, we discuss helpful tips on becoming a successful entrepreneur and interview other entrepreneurs and inspirational people. Our goal is to help take your business and lifestyle to the next level. Now, let's get started. Hey guys, on today's show, we have the Trace Mentes brothers. These guys are the perfect story of leaving their corporate job and pursuing their dreams, going out and starting a company and actually making it successful. They left their corporate jobs to start a salsa company called Trace Mentes. So these guys are awesome. They're in their 20s. Uh, I really like these guys and what they're doing. They have some great salsa. I love it. I got two packages in my fridge right now. But what they're going to tell you about is their story, how they left corporate, and the journey they took to get to where they are today. They are in stores all over the Des Moines area, and they are really building up. They're building up their brand quick and becoming very successful. So some questions I ask them is, what strategies did they take to get into big retail outlets with their product, the salsa? What challenges did they face while dealing with big grocery stores? What were some of their biggest struggles when getting started? And how is their salsa different from the rest? And we go into detail about this whole process, but these guys are a lot of fun. They <laughs> they tell their journey, and it. I had a lot of fun with these guys. You're going to love the show, and especially anybody out there that is looking to make a change in their life. Maybe you work in corporate and you're afraid to make that leap. Well, they tell how they did it and how they're doing pretty fine. They're doing all right right now. So before we get into today's show, I want to do a shout out to our sponsor, Arctic Stick. Arctic Stick is a new innovative product that both cools and flavors your bottle beverage. I love this product. I work out at the gym every day. I use this to keep my drink colder and stay cold throughout the whole workout. Not only that, guys, I love to carry energy shots and put in a mixer for supplements. So what I do is I fill my Arctic Stick full of my any kind of energy shot that I prefer. And when I'm at the gym, I can twist the top, drop into my drink, and it'll turn into an energy drink. Or just simply pop the top, take a shot. The Arctic Stick's ready to be taken on this summer. Uh, you guys can get your own by going to arcticstick.com. That's www.arcticstick.com. So you guys want to be prepared to take on your summer? Take it on with Arctic Stick. Get a six-pack today. Now let's get into today's show with the Trace Bentcase Brothers. Let's get started. Welcome to the University of Young Entrepreneurs. Today we have the Trace Mentes brothers. I'm so excited. I met you guys back at Shark Tank Casting Call. And um, you guys were actually, I think, was it first in line? I think we were, we were second, but yeah, we were close. We yeah. Were close, yeah. You guys were the ones that camped out. I came late, and then I made the show in front of the line. But uh, I'm excited to hear about your salsa company. Uh, we got Philip and Angelos. Uh, just want to start out. Tell me about 
your background, where you guys grew up as entrepreneurs, and where it led you to where you are today. Yeah, no, great question, Brandon. Um, you know, a little bit about my background. Uh, like I like I said, my name is Philip Campos. I'm 25, originally from Des Moines. Uh, you know, my brother and I have kind of always been those entrepreneurs at heart. Never really took the big plunge until about you know a couple years ago. Uh, we worked at corporate jobs. I worked at an insurance company, and um, you know my brother worked, uh, you know, at a banking company. So, other than that, I mean, we just we found something that we really truly loved, got really addicted to it, and just went full swing. So, so you worked on the in the Wells Fargo, or where did you work? I worked at, at Aviva. It's now, per, I believe, it's now called Athene. Yep. Um, and honestly, I just. Uh, didn't it, I found it gets out, to you, you don't you? Well, I, Corporate. I tell people a lot when I speak to them, and I say, you know, I've just been very blessed at a young age to have realized uh, what I don't like and did something about yeah, it. Yeah, exactly. You know? well, what about you, Angelos? Well, I just feel, feel like I couldn't be, like, my real self. I always had to, like, be someone else when I was at the corporate world. And then now by starting being an entrepreneur, you can really unlock that yeah. genius inside of you. So, You know, we find out most entrepreneurs, I mean, most of them do start in corporate. And when I started out in corporate, I wanted to build the ladder and be a part of this big team. But once you get to corporate, in certain levels, I'm not going to be biased and against corporate, but you can't go any farther. And also, it's like you're limited for what you want to do. It, it becomes an atmosphere where you can't grow beyond it. And we want to do our own things. Our minds are going 100 miles per hour. We want to try different things. So eventually, it's bound to happen. We're going to leave, start our own companies. Exactly. I always like to tell Angelo, we're, we're pretty much unemployable at this yeah. point. <laughs> I would not ever go back to being an employee. I mean, there's two types of people, an employee and an employer. The sooner you figure out what you want to be and just yeah. go 100% at it, the better off you'll be. So what, that's that, what I – That's so true. Yeah. So you guys growing up, uh, did you guys were, – were you like me, the guy selling the lemonade at the corner? Or what kind of entrepreneurial things that you grown up that kind of led you into the person you are today that's a great question man i uh i just recently took a test i don't know if you've ever taken it. it's the color test it te it decides what type of personality that you are and yeah. it bases it, it off heard of you it. know different colors red is you're super aggressive meaning you're very competitive blue is you're a very social person very you know fun loving greens analytical and then yellow is compassionate and the reason i bring this up is that you know the question is you know what led you guys to become entrepreneurs Personally, uh, along with selling lemonade, uh, you know, on the side corner of the street, I've always been a big sports guy. And, yeah. you know, I played basketball since I was, you know, a senior in high school. I'm not the tallest guy. So I had to <laughs> legitimately compete for my spot year in, year out. And I had to go up against guys that I thought and I knew I was better than, but just didn't get that opportunity. Point guard or? Point guard, of course. Okay. Five, well, you know, big center. You, five, five, ten? <laughs> I'm about, no, I'm about five, seven. Okay. Yeah, so, okay. you know, I was, I've been battling. You I know, knew you were in a course, post. I, I'm not banging around in the paint, but, uh, you know, that's kind of, I guess my perspective on it is, is I, I'm an entrepreneur because I like to prove people wrong. I love to yes. do things my way and show, I guess it's uh, show people that I can do something that I know I can do. So I guess that's a fair answer for you, Brandon. No, it's like when you get somebody and they tell you, you can't do it. Sure. Well, that's basically saying, okay, I'm going to go out and do it now. Absolutely. It gives you the fuel to go go even harder, you know. When they, yeah. when they say you can't, then you have to, you know. That's yeah. like kind of how I'm wired. So so, yeah. so you guys, you, you graduated high school. Did you guys go to college? Yes, we did. I actually uh, I went to St. Ambrose University. It's in Davenport. Business yep. management, marketing, went there for four years. Didn't really take school too seriously, like kind of throughout my whole academic career. But, yeah, had a little ba business background. Um, Phil, you can kind of – Yeah, a little bit about my uh, 
you know, my uh, education. I uh, I went to St. Ambrose University for my first two years, uh, studied to be, you know, in business, business administration, uh, decided to leave there to pursue, uh, you know, another education school. Uh, it's called William Penn. But I worked here or I, I did education here for the in the college for working adults program. And that honestly was the best decision I've ever made so far. One of them in my life simply because I could have went to Iowa. I could have went to Iowa State. The grades were there. I just simply decided, you know what? I'm going to come back to my hometown. I'm going to you know, swallow some pride. I'm going to learn how to work but also go to school at the same time. And it kind of changed my whole perspective on things because I realized what it was like to truly be out in the real world. And that's kind of, you know, how we were talking about how, you know, when you jump into a corporate job, you want to, you're so gung ho about climbing exactly. the ladder. You know, I saw a lot of people that I worked with, um, you know, not climbing that ladder. So I got the perspective versus me being on a big campus seeing, you know, let's be honest, your friends just want to kind of go out and, and enjoy and the life. I mean, we've all been there. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. you, you know, what I see in college too is, I mean, I don't say, I really think college is good. And for me, it was really introducing you to a new world, like you said. I mean, you meet people you never would expect to meet, and them contacts can set you up forever. I mean, a few presentations I went to changed my life and set me up for where I am today. And I, I'm sure you guys can say the same about it. But uh, once you guys got out of college, so you guys went to your corporate jobs. And how long did you work them? A couple years or – I worked at uh, Wells Fargo for roughly. I was going to be my fifth year, five years, wow. in May. I, I I quit May eighth, two thousand fourteen. So it was like I started May. Well, it was four years actually. May I started May eighth, two thousand ten, and then quit May eighth, two thousand fourteen. Yeah. So so was it kind of building up? You guys, let's go into it. Where did you guys come up with the idea of the salsa? Where did it lead into? Did you guys you tried salsa one day and you're like, this stuff tastes horrible. I need to come up my own kind or what how'd it go that's a it, well yeah we actually had a previous business be- prior to trace mentes yes. uh, it was called studybuddybook.com and we were a, a textbook concierge service so i guess the whole premise is that we knew that kids you know 18 to 20 years old the freshmen the sophomores of college uh we kind of knew where their priorities were because we put ourselves in their shoes because we were uh, and we realized that kids were not really taking the time to gather their school supplies, books, textbooks, um, even just the basic necessities. They were obviously more worried about those new experiences that you were talking yeah, about. Exactly. So we created a company that was basically a concierge service uh, that basically provided all the assistance needed. So, for instance, you you have a son who's going to be a college freshman, and we would contact you since you are his father and simply say, uh, "Let's take care of your, your your kid's school supplies. Give us a list. We'll take care of it from there." We'll send him a box his first day of class. Wow. What was great about it is we were actually doing very well into our business. Unfortunately, it was one of those very big learning lessons that we had where it's quit early, quit often. Angela, you kind of want to go Yeah, into we that. ran into so many logistical problems like when kids would wait to the last minute to get their books and then they'd want to drop add and drop classes and then we couldn't just have yeah. a, and then compete with like Chegg and like the bigger big box companies. But to get back to your question, you wanted to know how we got into the salsa. Yeah. Uh, we, yeah, we're just big Mexican food fan. food fans in general. I like all types of food, but Mexican food in general uh, would always be whenever the restaurants we eat here in Des Moines would be very uh, mediocre because it, it's free. Like majority of the time at restaurants, it's free chips and salsa to get customers in. Um, we just would, I mean, toy with recipes and, and mess around with ingredients. Um, actually, Phil's girlfriend, 
uh, kind of came up and helped us uh, develop the base of some of the recipes, and we kind of built off of that as well. But it was a collective, and that's where Trace Mentes kind of comes to play. Trace Mentes in Spanish means uh, three minds. So it's always been just a, uh, the third mind. Me and Phil have always been the solid base, but it's always been a, a combination of uh, Phil's girlfriend. Um, our, our parents have helped out as a, being a third mind. Um, my brother Mark has uh, definitely put in some sweat equity in here as well. So it's, uh, it's always been a changing uh, third mind uh, through this journey. So that's kind of how we got started into it, and we've just always had entrepreneurial uh, drive or, or bug, so yeah. to speak. Um, you know, it's, it's so true. Your family is impacted by something you do i mean it's not just you it's the people around you they got to deal with it because the long hours you work absolutely the the crazy stuff you do that people don't understand you got to be different and you have all that support not only your family but everybody around you but without that i mean it's hard to get anywhere now now you guys are talking um you went and tried different salsa how do you even go about trying to make your own salsa i mean you just start cutting stuff up in the kitchen and throwing it in and Voila, test it or what? You know, surprisingly, yeah. yeah. So I mean, that was time. very yeah. – uh, <laughs> when the, when we formulated the first recipe for our company or for Trace Mentes, uh, it really was Angelo and I sitting uh, at the kitchen table really pounding it out. I remember him well, telling I me, kept yelling write at down this recipe. Yeah, and I, I used to just throw yeah, stuff yeah. back and forth in. Oh, it's fine. It tastes good. But when we really actually sat down and put a recipe together – that's when the you know the you know the, that one step two step really started yep. happening for us. I mean, I can vouch for it. I love it. I, I have three containers in my fridge. I like the the mild. I like the best, I believe. But I don't know. I always mix some guac and have a little trace mentes. And there you go, man. My girlfriend and I love it. But it's uh, it's a commodity in our house. Yeah. Thank so you. You guys really that. made an impression. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I'm always promoting whenever I can, and I love to see entrepreneurs that actually pursue their ideas and move forward with it so so you guys started a salsa company you started going out how did you distribute it i mean do you just sell at a farmer's market or well, where do you begin the ground level we started uh we were both in the corporate world and we they'd have food days so we'd bring it to just the classic iowa iowa state food day at the at the corporate office on on a friday or the the super bowl party for friday and I won't. I wish I would have saved the emails because Phil worked at Aviva, which was across the street from Wells Fargo, from where I'm, from where I work. And I, he sent me the emails. It was right around like eleven o'clock because he put it out at like ten thirty in the morning. And the emails were like the aha moment. I, yeah, a string of just fifteen different people that I've never met that work with Phil sent him great feedback, and that's where the light bulb went off in my head. I said, "We might be. We might have something here. Let's just." keep going with this because i'm always trying to monetize things like if, if we have a good idea i want to think okay if i could sell uh trade baseball cards or whatever it is like with the textbooks and so yes. forth i'm thinking about okay how can we turn this into a business that's just how i'm wired but when he sent me those emails i said let's keep going with this let's keep bringing it to uh food days and really have it's so to speak it's just the uh i can't think of the term but uh, we're market testing it so to speak to see yeah. what what the what the gaining honest unbiased feedback you know of the salsa because we think it's good but obviously you're biased and yeah. maybe your family and friends but when you go out to the public and they try it and they love it then you know you got something yeah no the correction to Anzo's thing too is when we mean we brought it to the office we mean we brought it to every floor in the whole building of the <laughs> nice. office um, and I made it specifically to that because uh, I wanted people to not know who I was. Not directly my coworkers, so that we could, like Angelo said, have a truly unbiased opinion towards it. 
you know. So, um, and people can get really very scared about what other people think of their rejection. Stuff, their That's what product. stops a lot of people. So, so when you guys, uh, I wish, by the way, I wish you would have been on my floor for corporate. We didn't have anything good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so also, I would have loved it. But when you guys did leave your job, so I, I've been in the same position where I left my job, said I'm going to go pursue my dreams. Is that what you did? Did you go to your boss and say, hey, I'm leaving corporate. I'm going to start a salsa company. They're probably thinking, what are you thinking? But well, really, it, it took a, it was very calculated. It may seem like crazy to some because from watching it from the outside perspective, but it was very calculated. We, um, excuse me, we would sell it at farmer's market first before we actually, yeah. uh, before we actually got, got track stores record. to get a track record, generate some sales. And then once we eventually, uh, created a following on Facebook and multiple people wanted it. Then we graduated to the grocery stores. And then at the grocery store level is when we reviewed the numbers and then we made the calculated decision, okay, um, I'm going to go ahead and forecast that May is going to be a good time for me to make a the leap of the so-called leap of faith from corporate. So um, it was very calculated, but we tried to minimize risk as much as possible by, I mean, the sales. Yeah. What about you, Philip? Yeah, yeah, I was about to interrupt Angelo. I would like to tell you and Brandon, I wish I was part of the I Could Quit My Job Club because <laughs> uh, my story is a little different. Uh, like Angela said, we were working our corporate jobs as we were selling salsa on yeah. the side, and we would leave for craft shows on the weekends. Uh, I was actually let go of my job because I was oh, focusing wow. too much on uh, the salsa. And uh, I know it happened to be at, uh, you know, we were in a craft show in Omaha, Nebraska, and it happened to snow really bad that Sunday night. And I called my boss. I left him a message, said, hey, I will be at work at 10 a.m. I uh, just can't drive. It's very unsafe. They knew I was going out of town to you know, do the, the craft show. But I uh, came into the office the next day, uh, and it was the classic, uh, bring me into the, uh, the conference room and sit down with me. And they just said, you know, you're, you're focusing too much on, you know, I would never obviously sell salsa on working hours. It was always on our lunch breaks or before work or after work. Uh, but they just, they I think you can attest to it. They just knew my mind was already focused on what I wanted, and I just went for it. And I'll honestly tell you, Brandon, I actually thank them for letting me go. So, um, you know, I told them, I said, I appreciate you guys letting me go because uh, for me it was like that, and I guess that freedom. I know the exact feeling. I mean, you get that in your mindset, and you know you're going to focus on your baby. And obviously you're just kind of going through the hours and being there as really no one that job so yeah I'm glad you I'm glad you jumped forward <laughs> well, obviously it turned out well for you guys yeah no it's great because uh, I've never been one of those guys that decorated his cubicle with all the pictures and stuff because yeah. I was very just that wasn't my personality but I remember the one thing that I had Ansel and I used to go eat lunch together every day um, we would go to like a Chinese restaurant and as cliche as it sounds, we would have those little fortune cookie ones. And you'll actually see some of them over here. But uh, one, the one I had on my cubicle that was always put up right there, uh, it was uh, one day you will find what you love and be successful at it. And as I was getting fired, they don't get you or they don't let you go back to your desk to pick up your stuff. Nope. They pick up all your stuff. And uh, she grabbed my coat, she grabbed my keys, and she looked at me and said, here's this one last thing. Do you want it? And it was my fortune. And I looked at her and go, absolutely. And it's actually it's hanging right with our first dollar. That is awesome. So, I mean, as cliche as it sounds, but I, I always love telling people that story because it's it's the honest truth. Yeah, I mean, it's real. <laughs> it's, it, there's no joking about that. You know, so. it's weird how some of that works out. I mean, it's like basically telling you, I know it's God saying, hey, it's time to move on, get to the next level. Uh, so, so you guys, you're starting to sell this company. You're getting going. What stores did you approach first? 
the first store was walkie I, I remember that because we talked to the produce manager his name was jordan and we were so nervous um we had a proposal we didn't just walk in there and just tell them hey um try our salsa and see what you think no we already did research we said okay what's we i studied competitors see what the suggested retail price was we already had the number on what we'd wholesale it to them for and really we just showed our track record really building a business is all about having building a track record having credibility to use as leverage to uh, a big box like Hy-Vee or a grocery store yeah. because why are you any different than any other like product they have on the store exactly but if you can show that there's a local demand for it they'll give you a shot and if you tell them if you've broken down the numbers on how they're going to make money it's pretty hard for them to not give you at least a shot on their shelves so so when you went to them you basically told them I mean, showed your proof already and said, hey, this is what we're going to do for you to get attraction to your company. I mean, what other things did you say to them that made them really intrigued? I think they really bought into our story a lot. Yeah. They saw uh, both in Ansel and I's eyes that we really wanted that, you know, that opportunity. And I always like to tell people as well, the minute you get that window of opportunity or that door opens, you never let it shut. Meaning they gave us that one shot and we just took full advantage of it, you know, we, Maybe what you know it was basically the plan that we had, but we just we knew what we we knew what we could bring to the table for them, and like Ansel said, it was pretty hard for them to say no. It's so true. It's about the old M and M. One shot, don't miss it. You don't better go it. for it. And when you get the opportunity, you want to prepare yourself beforehand so you can. We were very prepared and don't drop the ball because oh, I mean, never. Let's ne- say you guys make some kind of wrong move in that position. I mean, you might never get, get another chance with them. Well, and I think it's even more so being that we are so young, yeah. you're dealing with guys or, you know, men or women that they hold you even more accountable because of your age. That, that goes to my next question. How – and I even experienced this in corporate being a young kid when I was 22 years old managing people that were twice my age. How do you deal with people that are much older than you? You're young. How do you get respect for them, and how do you basically get them to take you seriously when you say, hey, I'm going to bring this product into your stores and be consistent? What do you guys do? I mean, you have to be very assertive. Phil's very good at being very assertive, uh, and we just perform. I mean, sales men, – men lie, women lie, but numbers never lie. Like if, you, if your sales are there and they're on point and you're moving product – that's how you get respect, and that's how you get them to listen to you because you're actually making them money, and you have leverage now. It's all about just creating and more and more leverage. And, I mean, just we, the, we're we just different than the competitors. I, we, we market ourselves differently, and we, we're professional. I mean, that's I think that's how we pretty much – we can pretty much do now whatever we want within these stores because of the accountability and You've how we handle that ourselves. relationship. Yeah. took about a year, but, I mean – Well, yeah, I mean, it's very simple. Brandon, when you say you're going to do something, you do it. That's it. Amen. It's, it's, I mean, it's, it's simple to say that, but you'd be very surprised where uh, people may drop the ball on certain things. A lot of people us, mess that up. When we yeah. say we're going to do something, we do 100% of what we say we're going to do. So, so when you guys jumped in and you went with Hy-Vee, I mean, that's a, a big deal. What, what did you guys say to them? I mean, the same thing you said before. What did you guys do to get into Hy-Vee? Well, our strategy was always when we first sat down where we thought, okay, our product, uh, we've had plenty of our customers request it being in you know, their grocery store. We sat down and really planned it out or thought it out. There were obviously other grocery stores that were in the mix, uh, but we decided to go for the biggest 
Uh, and I'm not going to speak on behalf of all the other grocery stores, but in our eyes, Hy-Vee has always shown a very consistent, um, you know, it, it's it's not going anywhere anytime soon. Exactly. So our strategy was go for the big fish, and then the rest will follow. The rest will follow. Yeah, we, we chipped away. We went store by store, and we just grinded. I mean, that's the, from the ground level. We just would go to each store and pick away and see – once we'd start performing one store, we'd leverage it to use it on another store. Hey, we're doing very well at this Waukee store. It's a brand new one, one of the biggest stores. Give us a shot in the Jordan Creek store. And then once we developed relationships with each other, we'd use it against uh, the other stores, like the smaller stores. Hey, we're doing really well at the Urbandale store that has the highest traffic. You'd be dumb not to give us a shot at this store because you're smaller. And once you get to that point, they're coming to you. Yeah. It, it's well, and I think another uh, – I guess key to it is that it takes money to make money. I know people will hear that all the time, yeah. but in our business specifically, I mean, we poured a lot of our money into strictly giving salsa away to Absolutely. people. So when people tried it, they liked it, they were customers, they would in turn go to their store and request it. And since we would have the credibility from, say, a one store, we would say, hey, have you guys been asking? Has anybody asked about our product? And they would you know, say, yeah, we've heard about you guys. And that's kind of, you know, once that door opens, we start building and getting bigger and bigger. That's awesome. So, awesome feeling. Yeah, it's, it's nice. So, <laughs> it's been so quite a journey so far. What man. struggles did you have? I mean, what struggles have you had dealing with that big of a distributor, that store? Well, when we first started off, we bit off more than we could chew. We said, okay, once we got... Des Moines pretty much cover like let's start taking over Iowa and we don't we distribute everything ourselves we're just pretty small operations so to speak we went straight to Omaha and we went to each store and said hey we've taken over Des Moines let's get some samples let's get some product in here and they were pretty much okay if you're performing in where the corporate offices and where the big stores are yeah sure we'll give you a shot and what we found is best case in our scenario they start ordering every week can we even handle driving there for two hours every week with our schedules because I hadn't quit my job yet and he was doing this full time. Yeah. So we ran, we bit off more than we chew, could chew. And really that's where we learned the most. We couldn't apply the same marketing and the same hands-on approach as we did Des Moines to get it moving. So it, it we had to kind of back off Big from learning Omar. Curve. Big learning. Yeah. That's probably <laughs> the biggest thing. We've I laugh about. when Angelo says that because uh, we would literally drive to Omaha council bluffs around that area. Uh, we would drive up there together only for me to drop Angelo off at a random high V in some random town. He would do a sampling while I would drive to a random town in Omaha and do a sampling. And then we would pick each other up. Then I would drop him off to another place. And it, I guess we considered it somewhat of a little vacation every weekend. But, I mean, it was great meeting new people from that area. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we just really wanted to go for it. you got to enjoy day. that journey, though. Oh, it's, it's all about amazing. the journey. So, so tell me uh, – if you were to, you were on Shark Tank casting call with me. If you were to give your pitch, I mean, there's a million salsas out there. I mean, I can vouch. I love your salsa, but what what's different about your salsa that other salsas don't have? You, you tell me. Give me that pitch. What is it? Well, you know, um, I would say we're f- you know we're fresh tasting, full flavored. Uh, we're way better than the typical one that you would buy generically at the store that comes in the can right off the shelf. Uh, and yeah, I mean, we just really put our heart into what we do. And I mean, as brothers, we just, we love to go and have people establish that story with us or I guess connect with, you know, that. Andrew, would you want to add anything to that as well? No, you, I mean, you pretty much summed it up. I mean, I, I think the biggest thing too is we market ourselves much differently. I see how the competitors here in Des Moines, they're just, they're starting to step up their, their social media game. And I think it's because of, 
it's flattering because they see how I see how we're affecting the market because when I go into stores and stock, they're applying the same marketing strategies we we did when we first started, yeah. and it's just you can we're affecting the market. So along with it being a great tasting product, I think we apply a different twist to it. We make we're kind of like the cool salsa if that's something like kind of like you know like i love the packaging of it pack, yes. th- yeah that was one thing we wanted to be top shelf uh, the gold standard salsa said hey let's just try gold labeling because i studied the other labels in the uh, in the fresh produce section i said we just need to stand out we need to be different you know what i mean exactly. so i think that worked to our advantage and really just being very transparent on facebook showing our story showing the growth and just giving product away to in the in the right scenarios giving it out to food bloggers because the kickback would be they'd write about it giving our product to um uh, to anyone to uh, other corporate offices that we didn't work at just give it to them because just get it out to the masses and take a hit and then the sales will turn kickback well you guys certainly convinced me and everybody else in the area Um, one thing i'm interested about is two brothers taking on the world together working together all the time if I worked with my brother, I'd probably kill him. I know where this is. I, I can't. I can't stand working sure. with family members at times. Uh, how do you guys deal with each other at times? How do you? Because I mean, obviously, you both have different minds, and you're in a business together. Tell me about some of your struggles and how you overcome them as brothers. Well, I mean, if they if they had a camera in here, I, I tell this to anybody that works with us, it'd be hilarious because the first hour, you'll be an hour where we're just yelling at each other, saying, "You do this, you do that," and then. The next hour, we're working great. It's just highs and lows. Like, really, we just, I mean, I don't know how to describe it, really. It's just. You know, my brother and I have a very uh, unique relationship regarding, you know, our business. We've been able to handle things from, you know, a business perspective as long, along with, you know, a personal perspective. But the one thing that I believe really sets us apart is that we truly, um, I guess we benefit of each other's, you know, strengths and weaknesses. He's very good at making the executive decisions, the final decisions, and mapping out the process. And I'm very good at getting the message out there. And most importantly, I believe that him and I uh, just have that same lasered mindset where we have a sickening work ethic. And we, this is the one guy that will go, with, you know, go through the trenches with me, and he's been doing it since day one and will do it for the next thousand days. He likes to says it best, you know. We've ran through a hundred brick walls. With brick walls, we're ready to, you know, run through another hundred to get to the next point. And also to touch on his point, really early on when we would start fighting, we'd, we'd quarrel a lot through the business because we didn't establish who was going to handle what side. Once we figured that out, we made it. We established saying there's there's no point fighting because nobody gets paid if we fight. We just waste time, and it just makes everything harder. So we know that deep down inside, when we do fight. We get over it, and we just keep working because then we're just creating more work for both of us. A few bad words, maybe a few punches, and then get through oh, it, right? Oh, yeah. There's, there's, yeah. It's <laughs> got At the end of the day, Have we're Have you guys actually gotten a, a, fought, a fight before? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Absolutely. I, I always win, but I mean. Oh, oh he's okay. going to go into That's that. the older okay. brother talking now. That's what I thought. No, but it's been, it's been, one, uh, it's been one fun uh, and interesting journey that him and I have both partaked in. And, uh, yeah, I mean, our relationship is, is pretty, pretty unique. So, so what have you learned over – how many years have you been in business with Trace Pentes now? Officially, we launched the grocery stores January eighth, two 2014, so a little over a year. Okay. Now tell me, what are the biggest lessons you've learned to date since you started? 
That's, that's, that's a good what question. Viewers love good they question. love to hear what mistakes and what have you guys learned just with from your day journey? one. Uh, a lot of people when they just it, they see that it's just salsa, and they don't see the the big picture, the vision down the road. Always establish paperwork. Get make sure that when you file as an LLC or whatever it may be, you you figure out what percentage everybody is uh, entitled to and what duties that percentage entails, exactly. so to speak. And a lot of people miss that. They go six months, years down in the road, and then they figure, oh, when the money starts pouring in, then everybody wants to be majority equity holder. And then so that's true. when it gets very dicey, especially if you're working with uh, close ones like your family or like friends. Uh, one thing, too, what we've learned is um, it's great to have friends, but not always like separate business from friends because you don't want to jeopardize those relationships. Uh, what do you got to add to that, Philip? Yeah, I would say if there's one thing that I've learned that I could pass on, uh, and basically transact my gray hairs to you know from one from myself to another person is that you know time is the most valuable thing in this world and um, you know me being able to use my time in the things that I do uh, day in and day out has changed my whole outlook on life um, you know a lot of kids my and I still consider myself a kid but a lot of guys you know in their twenties are more concerned about other things that no necessarily don't. Uh, you know, positively affect their lives, you know, for the long term, um, you know, it may be that quick, you know, fast, you know, way of thinking. But uh, I've noticed that using my time for things that I truly am passionate about and not wasting a second for anything else has truly changed kind of my mind frame. And if that is one thing I know, we Anzo and I talk with, uh, you know, it's funny. I tell these we get invited back to our hi old high school. And I tell these kids, you know, we, we speak at entrepreneurship classes for, you know, at Dowling. And I tell these 18, you know, 17, 18 year old kids, I go, you know, I was a C plus student here, guys. But what I truly what makes me different than a lot of, you know, of people that went to school there is that I saw something that I wanted and I did whatever it took to get to that point. And I didn't let anything stop me. I didn't let anything. I didn't let, um, you know, any type of outside thing. I just tunnel vision and went for it. And I dedicated my time to it. That's, I mean, I guess, that's I exactly, that's, I mean, that's and I, what you, I know you can agree with and, me on that one. And that's what to say for anybody out there listening. I mean, if you have a, a vision, a goal, a dream in life, you stick with it, you believe in it, and you never give up. And don't care what other people think. I mean, if it's what you want to do in life, do it. Because life's too short not to. And I think about being consistent in that th way of thinking, exactly. too. A, a lot of times people say they, they want that but for only a certain amount of time, you know, we're, we're not, yeah, yeah, we're not doing anything special really. It's just, we're consistent and we stay focused and we had, we apply discipline. That's all it is. Well, like, if anybody's familiar with Emmett Smith, one of his quotes has always been all men are created equal. Some just work harder in preseason. And we just, I mean, we're here on a Friday afternoon. I'll be here on a Saturday morning. And to some people that's just so out of the realm of thinking, it's that, grind, it's that extra work. Uh, you know, people see what we're doing. You know, they see the stuff on social media. They see the, you know, the radio shows, the TV shows, all the publicity. But what they don't truly see is the grind. They don't see Anzo and I yelling at each other. They don't yep. see late nights in the kitchen. They don't see sacrifices made by family, friends. They always see. They don't see that. The stories like you see on TV, the getting bought out by millions of dollars or making a, a billion-dollar company overnight. They don't see the bull that you deal with and all the, like you said, yeah. extra work on the weekends that w you do as an entrepreneur. Yeah. And that's why I always say you got to do what you love because if you don't love it, 
It's going to be a long, hard <laughs> journey, my friend. We call that the yep. Ferrari effect, meaning when someone sees a nice Ferrari out there, they never they see how great it is, right? They see the person in the car. They see how you know nice it is, but they don't truly ever understand what maybe that person did to get that car. It's just the fast image. So I always like to refer to it I as like the that. Ferrari effect. That's good. You know, so. so over the years, I mean, you don't obviously get there by yourself. We all have mentors. Who have been your mentors to get you where you are today, and how have they impacted you? Well, early on, there was uh, – I don't know if you've ever heard of Kramer Salsa. They're actually fe- – they're in Walmart. They do uh, all the, the big craft shows around here. And that's – first on, when we when we first met them, at, I remember it was at the Beaverdale Farmer's Market. They came out to visit us, and they kind of took us under their wing and taught us kind of – because they're, they're in a different category. They're, they're salsa nonetheless, but they're sh- in the shelf stable where all the chips are and, like – uh, longer shelf life, but uh, Cindy and and Tom uh, took us kind of under their wing and, and taught us what mistakes they made, yeah. and kind of showed us the blueprint, so to speak, on how to 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 get it accelerated. And I think that's what helped us really move progress much quicker. I mean, what 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 took them probably like fifteen years to get into stores? We're, we're doing we're getting into stores and growing faster in a, in about a year. But uh, yeah. Kramer Salsa, I mean, Phil, do you, do you have a couple others? Yeah, I mean, in terms of guidance, I guess yeah, from an advice standpoint, uh, absolutely the Kramers. Uh, but, you know, I would like to, you know, I know there's a lot of people to name on this list, but you know who you are. Uh, there has been very, uh, Anzo and I have been very, very fortunate just from circumstance. There was a couple uh, that we reached out to because we needed to rent a kitchen from. Uh, that just opened us up with open, you know, open arms and you know, young entrepreneurs of themselves. And if it wouldn't have been for them, we truly wouldn't have been sitting here right now. Um, you know, they've been an integral part in our, you know, in our business. And just you know, our parents. You know, my mom could have told me after I got fired, go find another job, but she didn't. And that's that has changed the way that I think. I mean, when you tell your mom you're gonna. Well, I didn't quit my job, but you're going to not pursue another career and you're going to open up this gourmet foods company and that's what you're going to do. It takes a lot from, you know, from a parent to hear that. But, uh, you know, I guess from a guidance standpoint, they believed in us, my, both my mom and dad, uh, and they just let us go for it. And it's truly a blessing that they let us do that. So that's awesome, guys. I want to say um, a few more questions before we get going. Uh, big question I have is what has been the lowest point in your business career, we all can think of them. Maybe your sales aren't going, it's a rainy day, I mean, everything's going wrong. Tell me about your lowest point in business and how did you overcome it to get where you are? One of the toughest obstacles, and I remember it like the back like back of my hand, is uh, I was still working at Wells Fargo and we wanted to get into farmer's markets because we were generating enough sales through f- friends, family, and coworkers that farmer's market was the, the, the easiest and most cost-effective step to kind of get it out to the masses and I remember talking to the health inspector and he said you're going to need a commercial kitchen in order to get into uh, a farmer's market a commercial kitchen all these licenses and to me that was like a speaking a different language and I said what's a commercial kitchen he's like well you're going to need it's like restaurant type of kitchen so and I I was immediately thinking so I need to buy a restaurant in order to get into the farmer's market and what he says <laughs> no you just need a certified kitchen and I'm thinking like on the phone with him, walking around, because my cubicle was probably about 100 feet away. It's just like there's side offices. I was thinking, well, Phil, this is, I guess this is where it ends. I mean, we can probably just sell it to our friends and family and do it on a side business. But 
that was probably the lowest point for me because I couldn't see the vision. I couldn't see the vision. But eventually, we just got our way to get our own kitchen. We just would yeah. grind and, and get get out there. So that was for me. Anything you can add, Phil? Yeah, you, you say like your lowest point. I guess for me, when I think of that, I think of my biggest challenge that I've had so far. Uh, it was, I mean, when I was let go from Aviva, the company that I was working for before, I remember I called Angelo the, the minute after I left that building, uh, and I said, yeah, they finally let me go, or they, they let me go, and he distinctively told me, um, you got three months, Phil, to make this happen, or you will have to go back and get a job and go back to the real world. And I remember when I heard him say that, I go, I'm going hard with this. 100%. Not that we weren't going 100% already, exactly. but uh, when he put in the perspective that you won't, you have a couple months to really make this work or you will have to go back to the real world, that just opened my eyes and I said, this is it. I either got to give it my shot or I, this is the one chance I got. So I guess from a, I, I wouldn't be, it, it wouldn't be considered the lowest point, but it was definitely the biggest challenge that I had to overcome. And I remember waking up 6 a.m., 5 a.m., you know, way b- I actually worked more after I got fired, <laughs> but I didn't consider that because I just knew what was yeah. at stake. So, well, yeah, I mean, if that if that answers no, your that answers that's okay. exactly what I'm looking for. Uh, two more questions: What are your top three books you would suggest other entrepreneurs out there? What, what top three books? Let's say you were going to die tomorrow, you want to leave it your legacy for people to learn the most from. What books would you choose? Robert Kiyosaki, any book that he's written, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, literally changed the way how I think about money and, and how you should move through life and plan. I, I don't really have a top three, but anything he writes, I'm, I'm reading it and listening to Cashflow Quadrant. Um, yeah, I, uh, well, Brandon, you actually put me onto a book here that yeah. I'm uh, it's in the process of being shit, but Think and Grow Rich. <laughs> yep, I it's, promote it on the show. Yeah, all no, time. it's. Uh, yeah, yeah. I'm really excited to uh, hear it because I know, obviously, if you're reading it and you have such, you know, good things to say about it, I definitely need. Yeah. If it's worth your time, it's definitely worth my time. Um, but I would also say Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell, simply because it shows uh, the evolution of how people uh, become great. Because one of the things that I, one of the things that I'm very interested in is finding out how people became great before they became truly great exactly. nobody ever is just born and they're they're just great there's always that journey and i always like seeing or understanding the journey um and exactly w- yeah i mean one that, the, yeah. that's what napoleon hill with his book he spent i don't know 20 30 years of his life his whole life studying the most successful people of this time that had built this country and basically showed what they all have in common yeah and it when you first read the book, I mean, you may think a little over the head for what they talk about, but after reading it a couple times, I mean, I 100% agree with it. And as you see me going out and driving thousands of miles to interview people like you or go to Columbus, Ohio, go to Arkansas, Georgia, you name it, I learn from people and spread that word to other people listening so they can be inspired and do their own kind of greatness. So... Last question I want to ask, and what, for the viewers out there, people listening, what are your top three successful tips to other entrepreneurs, people starting a company, whatever it is in life? What are your tips for them? We have to think about that one. Uh, it's a good question. Uh, maybe you want to start off. 
got a stumper there for you. Yeah, no. <laughs> I, they're, they're, well, there's a lot of tips. There's a lot of tips. Them. If there is one or three that I could list, I would say just never give up. If you really, truly want it, you'll do whatever it takes, and you'll get through whatever obstacles necessary. Uh, know what you want fast because, um, you know, and don't waste time. Yeah, invest your time wisely. I mean, I see so many, and I did, I was, I did that myself. I had no direction. I, I just devoted my time towards corporate America for four years. And if I think about what I've accomplished in this past year with salsa, if I would have done that for four years prior to that, doing something else, um, I, I don't know, investment of time and just have vision. A lot of people, everybody has two eyes, but not everyone has vision. And if you see something that's a great idea, Go with your gut and trust the process, really. And as long as you apply the equal amount of hard work, your vision will come true. I mean, it's just the law of attraction. Whatever you want is yours. You just have to work hard and have vision and just trust the journey. Really. Great stuff, guys. And well, and I would just to add to that too is uh, m- another big tip that we've kind of learned in our journey is uh, get comfortable with being uncomfortable. Absolutely. Yep. You know, a lot of people are you know s- scared to to talk in public or to give a speech or to put yourself out there or to be, to fail. Um, but you have to, in, 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 in this business, in the business of what we do, you have to be comfortable with being uncomfortable because you will not. That's number one. That, that's I'll the second one. that. You know, that's so true. Well, I remember seeing you at the yeah. Shark Tank. I'm like, man, this kid is just speaking to the masses. <laughs> and I'm like, I need to learn how to do that, man. My girlfriend thought I was crazy, but I got on USA Today for it. So absolutely, <laughs> and <laughs> that's, publicity. That's the that's yeah. the edge, man. And that's what you got to do. I mean, whatever it is in life, you have to step outside your comfort zone. Whether it's public speaking or starting a company, the way I say it, life's too short. You live once. I I once had a good friend that got killed, and after looking at that incident, I'm like, dude, life could end tomorrow. So why not? Take advantage of this opportunity and basically do the greatest things we can in life. So that's my Jesus talk. Hey. Create something great. Become we'll be unforgettable. talking about that all day. No, you just <laughs> seriously, life's too short. Conquer. Do whatever you want in life. And you might as well. Life's too short not to. I Thank you guys for coming on the show. Just to wrap up, where can the listeners find your salsa? Where's your website, social media, everything? Yeah, you can find our salsa. We're in the Des Moines area, Hy-Vee stores, doll stores, as well as Gateway Market and Brick Street Market, which is in Bondurant. Um, really, uh, find us on Facebook, Trace Mente Salsa, as well as uh, our website, TraceMenteSalsa.com. Awesome, guys. Hey, thank you for coming to the show. You guys are awesome. I, I love you guys. Uh, hey, let's, let's see that salsa go to the next level. Alrighty. Thanks well, for having us. Yeah, Brandon. thank you, Brandon, for having us on the show. It's been University Young Entrepreneurs. Thank you guys. We will talk to you later. Meantime, go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. Life's too short not to. I'm Brandon Adams. Have a great day, everybody. enjoyed today's show. I really enjoyed interviewing the Trace Mentes brothers. These guys are the perfect example of entrepreneurs going out and pursuing their dreams. Check out their salsa. Go in the stores in Des Moines. Buy it. The gold standard salsa, Trace Mentes. Or go to their website, TraceMentesSalsa.com. You can find them on Facebook as well. But hey guys, I, 
I'm just loving this feedback from you guys. You're loving the shows, and we're really building up here. We already are on iTunes. We're on Stitcher. We're on SoundCloud through all social media. And if you want to check out the notes on this show and any show that I've done, just go to my website at www.brandontadams.com. Brandon T. T is for Taylor, my middle name, adams.com. And check out everything there. And also, if you guys love this show, tell your friends. Uh, share it on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, wherever. Tag me. Say what you loved about the show. I love it when somebody tags me and says, Brandon, you inspired me to do this. Or you send emails. I want to hear about it, guys. And you also can send me an email at brandon at brandontadams.com. So we're getting bigger here, guys. The show is really building up. But I can't do it without you. I love you guys for supporting me. And feel free to go to iTunes. Give me a five-star and uh, put a review there. The The more attraction that we get, the bigger I can build this to where I can inspire millions of people. And not only that, I can get in front of the most successful people of this time and give you key advice and insight from the professionals for free. And that's my purpose. I want to get you guys all the information I can, so you guys can become the greatest person you've born to be. So, thank you guys. Hey, I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I love you. Love your support. Have a great day. Go out there, create something great, and become unforgettable. We'll see you guys later.